0: Let's go. 5 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 50-50 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 50-50 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go! It's another edition of the Fifty Fifty oh, yeah. Podcast, powered by our proud partners, NSR National Scouting Report. You can find them on social media on Twitter X at NSR Now, as well as on Instagram at NSR underscore Now. And you can also get more information on what they're about on their website at NSR inccom Again, that is NSR National Scouting Report, the world's leading authority on all athletic recruiting. You can get their information on their website at NSR dash inc. Dot com. My next guests, they are, uh, are returning champions. Yes, they're here for episode 102. All right, the holiday edition, Coach Sean Satterling and Coach Nick Rizzo. Gentlemen, how are you?
1: How's
0: it going? Nick, Nick's Rick, coming
2: from a, from a baby's appointment. So. I am so happy I made it here before we got going. This is amazing.
0: <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, well, Yeah, Sean and I, we stalled a few minutes. We bought you a little bit of time. That is perfect. That that is perfect. Get in a few extra throws in the bullpen there. Yeah. So, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Awesome. So thank you for being here, gentlemen. Appreciate you. Uh, So Nick, especially you, I mean, you're literally photo finish. You made it just coming in from uh, daddy duty. So really appreciate you. Thank you for being here. And what's kind of become a, uh, it's starting to become a tradition now, a time-honored tradition, right? little holiday holiday episode something that started 3 years ago and uh love having you guys here we just kind of put it together and we talk all things soccer so some things not soccer so very informal show but here to talk about some wide ranging yet at times serious topics so um tell us before we dive into any of the serious talk the real talk Sean what's going on buddy
1: Oh you know just enjoying the the holidays um, just uh, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, being on the, the happiness highway. So right now yeah. I'm just enjoying the holidays with the family and uh, getting our getting our uh, show ready for convention. Uh, mentioned a while ago, we've got some, some pretty big guests that we just got lined up for that. So um, I always like to surprise Nick on Christmas every year with an announcement of like, somebody who's going to be on the show uh, mm-hmm. so that he sends me these text messages that are just like, what? No. Oh, my gosh. Because uh, kind of our rule is like, I don't tell him anything. I just tell him to show up. So it's going to be cool to see uh, see some of the, the texts I might get on Christmas Day this week.
0: There you go. Nick, what's up, buddy? What's new? <laughs> oh, I think you're mm-hmm. muted there. Can you hear us? There you go. There you go.
1: You're still muted, Nick.
0: I think he's still, <laughs>
1: he's still I'm, muted. I'm going to like talk like I'm Nick. So he can just move his uh, mouth. right out. here we here we go.
2: Um, yeah. Sometimes yeah, when nice. I plug my mic in, it does. I'll, I'll try to mess with it in a little bit. Hey, you but. brought
0: the energy. I love it. You were just muted, so let's reset. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna, yeah. Gonna, uh,
2: but no good here. Uh, yeah. We just came literally, like they mentioned, uh, for my wife's thirty-six week appointment. They said the baby is still all snug in there, which is great. We don't need it yet. Um, and so no, we uh, do not. And uh, so yeah, no things. Things are good here, and uh, just kind of getting ready for the holidays, and they get to. Get to celebrate a little bit more with family, we get we're driving down to Chicago to see my, my extended family this weekend.
0: Awesome, that's awesome! Yeah, and congratulations. I actually didn't know until you know Sean joined us last week on our uh our three year anniversary show, right, for the podcast, and that's where he met. I didn't know, so con- big congratulations to you, you and your wife, uh, super sub number two on the way, right? So, yeah, that's awesome. yeah, Great it's stuff.
2: uh, it'll be interesting. We don't know the gender, so we could have uh like our toddlers who's a little boy is really crazy right now he's 19 months and yeah. we're about to if he gets a little brother and gets to guide him in his dark ways we could have a my my poor wife is going to have three children that she's got to deal with including three me Three boys oh yeah, my gosh that would be no no one deserves that so <laughs> um, but all all good things
0: now what you can share talk to us behind the the decision to not want to know the, the gender, what was, was there anything kind of really behind that or not really? You guys just decided to eh, Yeah, it was
2: right before the first one where uh we were talking to a bunch of people and they like, someone had said something that really stuck with us that you at a certain point in life, you don't get any, a lot of surprises anymore. Like things that you yeah. get to really be surprised about and get to look, right. look forward to. And so it was really interesting to kind of take that in and be like, yeah, you know what? Like, what's the point? Like we're going to love it no matter what. And I, everyone's always said it. Like once they're out, they're just your kid. Like you don't think about it. as like a boy or a girl necessarily. There's just your, your kid. And so, yeah, it was kind of funny We're like I, I called that will was going to be a boy the whole time. No one believed me. Everyone thought I was getting girls, um, including all the nurses in the hospital. And so I've been adamant that this one's going to be a girl. So if I, if I am correct, I'll be two for two in my guesses.
0: So compl- no, like no, theory behind your decision this time you just decided to go the opposite uh, wife
2: has been a little bit different during pregnancy like she, like she's like carrying it a little bit different like she doesn't like things that like way too scientific about this yeah yeah no i'm getting like it's like I'm, I'm like really trying to deep dive into this but no like no no logic behind it whatsoever just like a gut feeling but i had a real good gut feeling that will was going to be a boy just because yeah. like i i coach i coach women I, I have a sister, like I have so many girls in my life that I was just like, I, I think it's, someone's upstairs trying to even the out, numbers out for me. So, I mean, I, there could be a scenario where we end up with three boys and Kelly, I just have like a household full of little me's, which would be kind of crazy. <laughs> Cause Will is definitely very much, a uh, unfortunately a replica of me in terms of his emotions and his energy and stuff like that. It's a, it's a lot mm-hmm. to take care of.
0: Now, the only question I have for you there, right. With your, with your son right now is please tell me you're raising him right. Making sure he's wearing red, he's a Liverpool fan. You're keeping him away from blue. Keeping oh yeah, yeah no, he's blue. not. He's not
2: wearing a Chelsea blue. Uh, not Chelsea. blue. Good. Oh good. No, no, he's he's definitely wearing all the red. He's got he's got like a bunch. Everyone gives you like great gifts, so he's like three or four sh- Liverpool shirts that he can wear. So we dress him up on game day and stuff like that. So yeah, no, he's uh, he's good. He's a lefty, we think, uh, which is kind of funny. Not handed. Like he's totally right-handed, but like when you yeah. put a soccer ball in front of him, he still only kicks with his left foot which could be a huge asset down the road. Yeah. So we're really, we're really hoping that that like just keeps continues to ride out and he ends up becoming yeah. a left footed player.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, I wasn't going to mention anything, but there's two Liverpool fans and one Chelsea fan supporter, right? On this podcast today, yeah, but yeah. You, we're all wearing red. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. I'll leave it at that. It's,
1: it's, it's called branding. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, okay. I knew that I knew that I was going to be on with Nick. And if I'm going to be on something, Nick, I have to have a red hoodie on. So there, fair. You
0: go. Oh. there you go. The red hoodie. I like it. I like it. So yeah, you know, Speaking of what you were talking about, your son, Nick, and the, I feel like, is that, or maybe it's just me, but like when we were younger, right, didn't it, was it just me or did it seem like it was less common to see these kind of, these kind of sort of ambidextrous people that do some stuff with the right, some stuff with the left. It feels, I feel like that's like a bigger growing population now. I don't know. Have you guys noticed that at all?
2: Is, I feel like I'll notice it more once like Will becomes an age where he starts hanging out with other kids. Like I, I don't know a whole lot of other ones, right? Am I, but ironically, my dad is um, where he like yeah. he's left-handed, but like bats righty, golfs righty. Like so, he's got like he's got a few weird things like that. Um, he's he's left-handed, but he kicks with his right foot if he's kicking a soccer ball. So. And ironically shares the name, like my son was named after him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they have the same name. So it's kind of funny that they have that in common, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would be, I would be very interested to see.
0: Yeah. What about you, Sean? Any thoughts on that? I know it's random, but he, since he brought it up, that's kind of why I mentioned it. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, it, it, I only know of two people <laughs> like in my immediate family who are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle is left-handed. He's, he was left-footed as a soccer player. Uh, but like he golf's right handed. Um, I think he has. He, I think he also eats right handed as well. Um, so and then my sister in law can is, is ambidextrous as well. So uh, you know, it, it, it's. I, I, I know on on from a like a parent standpoint. Uh, last year, we were watching some game on TV and I, and Alex Morgan scored with her left foot, and my wife said something to Quinn about like, look, like you, you should use both feet. And then quinn went on like a five-week tear where just every goal she scores with her left foot mm-hmm. um and so you know i think i think it's um as as the human body continues to change as time goes on i think we're going to see more people who are like that
0: yeah yeah and it's it's funny because when you brought that up i feel i've noticed it probably i would say within the last five years I have more and more of my players, right? Different teams, different rosters, obviously. But yet it's a lot of, hey, I do everything with my right, but I'm left foot dominant striking a ball or, vi- or vice versa, right? Or, you know, it's it's kind of one of these weird things. If I do everything right hand or right, you know, right side, except I write with my left. It's just a lot a lot of that weird, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, like I have one right now on, on her team. She does everything rights, everything uh, right footed, but she's got a killer left foot, you know? so and when i ask her about it she has no idea no idea where that came from so anyway so all right so moving on so we talk about obviously you know you guys are just coming off your fall seasons right and in sean in your case you're it's a little different for you right you're this time you're in transition right having just announced your departure from brescia talk to us a little bit from your perspective the season that was for you there at Brescia and then now particularly some of the things that led up to your decision in ultimately making your announcement to leave
1: uh you know as far as season it's going to look you know record-wise it's not going to look like what we've had recently um but you know i i really want to go for a tougher schedule this year just to kind of see where we were at um you know we we end up beating our, our first nationally ranked team uh in program history uh in the in the the non-conference season. And and that for me was a, a point where, I mean, I just, I looked at us and said, we can literally compete with anybody if we want to. Um, and so, you know, like I said, I, I thought there was definitely some growth where, you know, the previous three years, if we'd have played a rank, a nationally ranked team, I think the um, mentality and I think the result probably would have been a lot different than what it was this year. So it was just a, it was a testament to our players of, of looking at that challenge head on and, Um, you know, honestly, I I can tell you leading into that game, um, even right beforehand during warmups, I was like, oh man, like why, why did I agree to this game? Um, and there was just something like from the moment we stepped onto the field, that feeling just changed. Um, and I was like, you know what, I think we got a shot at this. And we did, we got to halftime with, with it being tied zero, zero. And I just told our players, it's like, we just got to get one. And if we get one, this thing's over. Um, and we did, and and we just, um, I I like to tell people that it was the first ever tactical masterclass I've ever put on in, in 20 plus years. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think at the, at the end of the day, for me, it's kind of like my, uh, what my announcement had on it. You know, I'm a person, I love challenges. Um, and I, I've always been a, a coach that goes somewhere that's need some help, need some foundation, rebuilding, things like that. Um, and then, you know, leave it better for the next person, find the next place that needs, um, you know, some, some remodeling. So that's kind of where I got to a point in the season where I just felt like, um, you know, for me personally, kind of hit a ceiling. Now it's, it's for someone else who can do bigger and better things than, than what I can do to, to take that, that team forward. And, um, you know, but again, I, I think that the opportunity for me, it, there's, there's challenges out there. And there's, there's some unfinished business that uh, I want to take care of before this thing's all said and done. Mm
0: -hmm. Good. So in terms of your decision, was there kind of, was there a moment where you started to think, hey, this could be a possibility? Or was it kind of was there a definitive moment where it kind of hit you? How did that the lead up to the decision, right to make the decision? right before you let anybody know, how did that kind of come to you?
1: Um, Just trying to figure out where I want to be at and what do I want to, what do I want to do? Um, You know, I, I I say as coaches, you know, we are known for being some of the most unselfish people because we are constantly putting other people in front of ourselves. Um, And that's something that even before being a coach is something that I've done. Um, And so, I wish I could remember exactly who it was. I know I had the same conversation uh, with my wife, but somebody was just point blank there. I go, what do you want to do? And I kind of sat there and I was like, well, you know, I'd like to do this, 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 and this. And they said, okay, well, you, you can't do that where you're at right now. And it really made me think of like, man, I you know they're right. And, um, you know, I, 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 when I started kind of thinking about, all right, this is what I really want to do. Um, I, it, people are going to laugh at this, but Hector being a wrestling guy, you'll, you'll, you'll get this. Um, I've really kind of likened what I'm going through or what I went through, I guess. Oh, I guess I guess still going through very similar to when Cody Rhodes left the WWE and he felt like he was a, uh, a primetime player, you know, future champion, things like that. But they just the powers that be would just would never, you know, let him go up and grab those brass rings. And so ultimately, you know, when they're offering him a a really good deal, he, he bet on himself Mm -hmm. and wanted to go make a household name uh, out of his name. And um, he went on to do that so much that, you know, they called him back a few years later and, you know, now he's the biggest uh, biggest thing they have in the company. And um, he uses the phrase from uh, undesirable to undeniable. And I, I feel like a lot of that is what I'm, I'm kind of taking on of, of betting on myself. You know, I kind of lead into the announcements. I've made a lot of um, vague posts that were just like all about betting on yourself. And I, I decided to do that. I was going to take a chance, take a yep. risk. Um, and, you know, I, I knew, I, I will say this, I, I had some options before I made that post. And I had some options before this all kind of went down. Um, but once I made that post, more options have to kind of come out of the woodwork. So um, I think ultimately at the end of the day, like that's going to be the good feeling is to better myself. It's not about, um, you know, who I know or, or, you know, who I might be connected with. Like it, it's all about me. I'm the one who's got to make this happen. Uh, and that's something that's, that's really motivating me right
0: now. Mm-hmm. Right. That's awesome. No, that's great stuff. I like that too. What was that again? Undeniable to unstoppable or what was that?
1: Undeniable or I'm uh, sorry. Undesirable to undesirable. unstoppable.
0: There you go. Yeah. Okay.
1: And I guess if, if you're if you're wanting some tea, which it kind of sounded like you were going, um, don't ever tell a coach to lower their standards. So there that, right. that that's your tea that you were looking for. You're clicking. There bank. you go. There you <laughs> go.
0: I like that. I like that. So great stuff. So I'm curious, Nick, from your perspective, right? Sean puts it Nick's out. It's like, there. hey,
1: we had a great thing. <laughs> I'm out on this one.
0: <laughs> from your perspective, Nick, right? Sean puts that out there. And I know at a certain point, obviously I'm sure you were in the loop or new or some it was imminent or something, right? True, true story though. Right, I don't yeah. think
1: I said anything to Nick until like right before I did it.
0: Like moments yeah, right I, I kept, yeah, it, was, I kept, it really
2: like the night before, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah, I,
1: I kept I kept basically everything to the chest. I think only my wife really knew. Uh, maybe like one or two other people, but it was like right. I, I got a lot of my really good friends who were like send me texts as I posted. dude. What's this about? It's like, oh yeah, sorry I didn't tell
0: you. My fault. <laughs> so when you found this so when he drops it on you Nick, what's what's the initial thoughts? What are Yeah, well,
2: it was funny because I mean I like we talk a, a decent amount and so I can't say it like completely came out of the blue, but it was one of those things where it was, <clears throat> it, was it was obviously surprising cuz you like you you know, you know that like as coaches like you that we're all not necessarily always going to stay at the same place for for Correct. forever, but yeah. I think like just with like where his wife works and things like that even though it was a longer commute it made sense and and things like that so I think I think that's where it came to be a little bit of a surprise but the the funniest part was literally the next day I just I we were driving to uh Kelly's family uh which is like only like three hours away and Mm. I bet we we got in the car and Kelly was like oh I didn't know Sean was leaving I was like oh yeah he kind of mentioned it last night um and following that I think it was like in the next hour I got like 10 text messages, like, Hey, what's Soderling doing? What's Soderling was like, <laughs> and it's like, I was like, Kelly, just take my phone away from me. I was like, I, I was like, there was people that I didn't get back to like, till like three days later. Cause it was just like, there were so many people that were so curious about what, yeah. what he was doing. And so it was, it was just pretty funny. Cause I just literally, I just handed him my phone. I was like, just take this for a little bit. I was like, I don't know what to do with this.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know when it, when I saw it, right. I saw the, I saw the tweet, I saw the post and I was like, I immediately just sent him a message just like, Hey, I was like, "This is interesting." I said, "But, but right away, Sean, what did I say? I think it was something about I know, you know, I know you're gonna be ready for, you know, ready, excited to see what you do next, or something along those lines." I forget what it was, but um, uh, I can
1: I can actually pull it up for you verbatim if you want.
0: Oh, you, oh no! You
1: uh,
0: mm. well, might have here. we might have. to I need to have the dump button? Was there? You got a no, no no, no, no. I think it was just.
1: Uh, um, I think it it was just that you know. Oh, but, you just said bruh what's the word i just saw uh (laughs) so you know just uh i you know that that was the thing i i was just put why forty-eight thousand people have looked at that post is beyond my my i can't even fathom that like why but
0: i think it gets i think it. i think it still gets people's attention when they see that a coach is in transition right whether they're leaving a place or they're arriving at a new place right just the certain buzz that's I guess maybe generated from that but I think but Nick hit on something right and and to your point Sean I think that where I can really like relate is that having so having been right having been in the military right retired military one of the things as an operator as a special operator what I what I loved to do what I picked up on was your job what I got used to was you go somewhere and your job is to fix it or inevitably make it better and leave it better than you found it right and then and then you you master something or to the best of your ability in that time with what you have with the resources you have and then you're maybe on to the next challenge right that's how you keep developing and i think sometimes as coaches that gets i think that kind of gets lost within the whether it's the player or the parent population right that we're that we're always still developing as well and if we stop developing if we stop learning that's when it's time to hang them up right that's when it's time to retire. I, th-
1: I think it's the competitive nature in what we do i mean this is this is no knock at people who stay at the same place for no, no. five 10 15 20 years uh, but at the end of the day it, it's we're, we're competitors and you can get to a point at some point where you can say okay like I need, I need something new or I need some, I need some fresh competition. Um, And I I feel like at the end of the day, that was kind of um, my thing. And and again, too, like, you know, I've I've publicly kind of said, like, I don't know, you know, I would like to be doing something to where when my kids get to high school, I can really focus on them Mm -hmm. when it comes to that point. Like I want to give these next um, these, these next years, you know, whatever I got. And It's just, it's all about trying to finish the story my way. Um, And, you know, to be able to, you know, I've said, Nick and I've had this conversation where I said, you know, if I, if I did this and then, you know, somebody came along and said, all right, you know, you're not, you're not doing this anymore. I'd be okay with that. So I'd be like, I did everything I wanted to do. And I think it's, it's crazy that, kids can have dreams. This, man, this may get me in trouble. Kids can have dreams of, of what they want to do, where they want to go to. And, and as humans, we support them in those dreams. And we say, Hey, yeah, you know, you want to play in the pros or you want to go to this score. You want to do that. You want to do this. Yeah. Like, okay, let's, let's get you there. Let's get you there. But I think as adults, we have to have those dreams too. You have to have those dreams yeah. of where we want to go to, what we want to do. Um, and, you know, my, my situation is no different than the kid who's, who's trying to go achieve their dreams. I uh, you know, th- when I when I left high school coaching to go coaching college, I told our players straight up. I've told every one of you to follow your dreams. Go chase your dreams. This is the best ride you'll go on. And if I didn't do that myself, I'd be doing a disservice to you. And so I just look at it as um you know, we're, we're all dreamers, so why not go after it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And I think I think we'll get lost on that too cuz we're all fathers here and I think Secondary, like once you become a father, obviously, I think you all can attest to this, right? Things like overnight, they change, right? They change yeah. the priorities, the end to to provide, obviously. But I think along the way and the sacrifices, it goes without saying, right? Sacrifices and commitment. But I think along the way, some of that stuff that you're speaking to there, Sean, is that we forget sometimes as as the parents, as the fathers, as the adults, right? one of the things that we have to continue to model for our own children is that pursuit of still going after, as you said, right? Goals and dreams and whatever. Right. So, cause I think that's, I think that's, it sets a great example for our children as well. So thoughts on that, Nick?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it, it completely changes your perspective on everything, which is such a cool thing to like, I don't know. I I, I was always jealous of Sean at the time when uh, we started this podcast cause he had kids and I didn't. And I like you would have all these long conversations about uh, the people, with the people on the show about like being a father and being parents and stuff like that. And I was always just a little bit jealous of it to be honest. Cause I, I d- couldn't relate. Um, and so yeah. it's uh it definitely is a, a cool thing. And I, I was told people like last, uh, not this past season, but the year before when Will was really young, um, we kind of had a weird year where like it started off not very good and had a ton of ACL tears and stuff like that. And I remember like being old knee would have been super stressed and like done, like kind of like falling off a deep end, but like knew me was like coming home and putting my four month old kid on my chest and falling asleep. And it's like, it just changed. Like, you know what I mean? Like it it just had a way of like keeping me calmer and more really like steady and yeah. i think that like when we turned our season around i i attribute a big part of that because like yeah we started i think last year we started off like two and six or sorry two and four and then ended up uh 11 5 and 2 and so like we went like 10 1 and 1 to end the season or whatever it was or mm-hmm. 9 1 and 1 to end the season and i don't know if we would have done that if i wasn't dad because like single fatherless nick would have been like freaking out and like yelling and stuff like that and new dad nick was a little bit calmer and able to just relax a little bit more now that I'm so super relaxed all the time. Anyway, I still stress, but
0: the perspective, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I I still joke about that. One last father story here. I still, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys, but I tell the story pretty regularly how I remember when, when my wife was pregnant with our first one, right. I was just so worried about her being healthy, baby arriving, baby being healthy. I had never thought about anything. I had, I had not thought about one second beyond, after the baby was here right mm-hmm. and then so we're leaving the hospital we get home you know car seat everything put put my daughter down for the first time in the living room we walk into the house first time with her and then it dawns on me I was like oh my god I'm like I'm responsible for this for like the next 18 years at least right like I it's like it's not uh it's it was not just a nine month period leading up to it it's like now the real fun begins right so I still t- <laughs> I still tell that story to this day it's pretty uh I don't know it just sounds so obvious. So, you know, um, but yet, I don't know, somehow he just never connected with me until brought our baby home for the first time.
1: When you, and I think you kind of hit it too, as I was letting the, the dogs out, you know, when you have those kids, you have your own children and you want them when they can remember things, you want to see them see you pursue things. So that way one day they're pursuing things. So I got two kids of my own that are massive dreamers and, and I want them to go after those dreams. So if they can see me doing it as an example, and if I can make that dream happen for myself, it, it tells them that they can do the same thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now we transition here. Nick, from your perspective, right? You, you alluded to it a little bit, right, in terms of your start. Tell us a little bit. We look at your season, right? The season that was slow start, combat some injuries. Tell us how that kind of, I mean, how it unfolded? Did obviously the start you weren't prepared for the injuries. No one really prepares for those. But did it did it get off to an even rockier start than you even imagined? Uh, was it maybe the rockiest start you've had? And then how did you guys really? How did you feel like you kind of corrected corrected the course there?
1: Yeah, can, so can that was one of my favorite texts that Nick sent. Like my, I think he sent to me or sent to our group about this year. I don't know if it was some super early on. I think I don't know if they had played a game yet. And Nick just sends a text that was just like, "I don't think we've scored a goal in, in a week," and this is including <laughs> practice. And I can remember sitting there being, I can respond to it and I was like, "Are you for real?" And he was like, "Yeah, I I don't I I don't think that we have."
2: So that's <laughs> yeah. how it started. Wow, and you're talking about including in
0: practice, including practice. Including oh it, like, yeah,
2: we yeah we was it was like one of those things. It was it was a weird year. Um, oh, wow. yeah, and so the, the season I was talking about in that story was actually. Two seasons uh, in 2022, uh, that one where we started off four. And then this year was okay, 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 like, it, it, like we ended up right at 500. It felt like, it just felt like a year we never could get, like you take a step forward and then you take a step back and then take a step forward and take a step back. And it, and honestly, it was like, kind of so mentioned, we were super <laughs> stout defensively. We, I, we, obviously in college soccer, you play 18 games. We had t- 10 shutouts in 18 games, only gave up 12 goals all season, but only scored 16. And so- we ended up at 500 just because we really couldn't put the ball away. And yeah, it was just kind of a weird year where we were, it's, it's like every team has different journeys that they go on. And right. I think our journey this year was just that we were insanely young. So we kind of hit a weird um, time period where I took over. So this is my third season. And the year before I got there, they had a double coach turnover in six months. So they had a coach, let him go um, for lack of success, and then um, hired a new coach who came in for six months, didn't recruit anyone, and then he left. And so we have a class that – a senior class that had zero people in it. Um, so it's just kind of bizarre. Um, so we were – the big joke on our team is we didn't have a legal drinker on our team um, on our I, like for the whole season. And so I think like that, it, it's always been kind of funny to look at, especially in the age of fifth years and COVID years where I would say – most teams tend to have an average age, probably even closer to 22 at the very least, probably 21. And we had an average age probably closer <laughs> to 19. And so it was just, we didn't like, we'd be up in games. Like there we was a game we were up 1-0 with 12 minutes ago and somehow to lose like it, it, two to one in the last 12 minutes. And so it was just a lot of a lot of growing pains. Um, yeah. but I think again, when you play like our starting lineup consisted of, I think it was like four freshmen, four sophomores and three juniors wow. or, or something like that. It was like kind of exciting because even all the subs are freshmen and sophomores. We only had three juniors on the team. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's kind of fun because you're like, okay, like we had a lot of growing pains, but we had a lot of growing pains together and everyone's mm-hmm. coming as of right now, everyone's coming back. And so it's kind of fun to, Think about like, okay like if we learn from some of these difficult moments that we had this year and obviously we didn't have the worst record ever. But um, it's not a record that I think we want to have going into next year and going forward. So hopefully we can uh, learn from those things and change it going into next year.
0: Now, you clearly had to have had the youngest squad in the entire conference, I imagine. Right. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. By far. Like 20, 29 of our 34 players were freshmen and sophomores. So it was, yeah, it was very, very young and, and every, everyone has their things, right? Like some, some teams are young, some teams are injured, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to make excuses for the year we had. We definitely should have done better than we did, but I think it was, it, I think in a lot of ways, it's exciting going into next year because again, like, yeah, we, we did have a lot of growing pains together that hopefully we can, um, like learn from going into next year.
0: Yeah. And for those of you who may not be familiar with, uh, with Nick on the show, he is so, Coach Coach Rizzo, Nick Rizzo, he is the head women's soccer coach at St. Mary's University in Minnesota, right? Since I know there's multiple. Yes. And uh, again, St. Mary's University, Minnesota. So curious from your perspective, Nick, you were there before as an assistant. Yep. All right. You go off to Monday and then you come back, right? Yep. So now, now you've been there for a few years. You've kind of settled in again. What's different now specifically to St. Mary's? What's different now compared to when you were there before?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's funny. It's like it's we've all had that experience where you leave a place and you never know if you're gonna go back. And so, like the last time you walk out of the office, or last time you walk out of drive out of campus, or drive down a certain road, you're like, "Oh man, it's weird. I'm never gonna be back here again." And then you get the opportunity to go back there, and it's like weird because then it's it's almost it feels like you came back, like you had a dream about it, and then you came back to it. Um, and so yeah, I wouldn't say a whole lot is that different which was a a huge advantage because then it was a lot easier to just go back to selling the school in the way that I sold the school as an assistant a couple years before this and yeah I mean no a lot of things are really similar Um, a lot of like even back when I was there the first time we recruited a ton of the west coast we still do that a lot Um, and like where like our fields in the same location Uh, the offices like I just got promoted to the head coach's office, you know, like there's the assistant yeah. coach's office and then there's the head coach's office, which is a little nicer and right. a little bigger. And so I got to, I got to go into the head coach's office now, which was pretty cool. Cause I, I don't know if I ever thought I would have been able to have that opportunity. And so yeah, re- all really good things.
0: Awesome. Good deal. So um, convention guys, we know that's coming up, right? United soccer coaches convention. And you guys, you all are a staple, right? In what used to be podcast row now media row talk to us a little bit. I think, I think last year was the first year they redubbed it as media row. Wasn't it? Was it last year? I think. Uh, I, I feel
1: like it's still podcast Row last year. I feel like media Rows this year.
0: Is it this That's the first time? Is it I this think, year? I don't know. Okay. So, all right. So media Row, podcast row, I guess we'll go media row now. Right. Talk to us about um, just give for our listeners, right? Maybe haven't had a chance to attend United soccer coaches convention. They hear about it. What does paint us, give us a visual of, what it kind of looks like, what it sounds like, just the buzz, the environment, What is that like?
2: You wanna go or you want me to go?
1: I, I got a dog that's being loud over here. So okay.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it it'll be obviously a little bit different this year because of where it's set up. It's uh, set up in um uh, the are uh, the exhibit hall, which is going to be make it so loud um especially not throughout the day like obviously like the exhibit hall for anyone that's been there before like night one is absolutely nuts like it's like it's a line they rush in there's all these giveaways and stuff so people are like literally sprinting through exhibit hall to get free stuff especially for duke dig how are the sponsors um there you go our, our friends Adelaide and Tiff. Um, but yeah, they, uh, yeah. So it's, it. I think it'll be a very different dynamic this year just because we'll be in there, which could also be really cool because it, in years past, like there's been some years where we've been, like last year was awesome because we were in an area that you pretty much had to walk past all the time to get to and from places. So we got to see and interact and be around a lot of people. There was, I think I'm trying to remember where, was it Baltimore that we were kind of in a little like, like side area, Sean, that like made it like where like, so we didn't see as many people.
1: Yeah, we were on the far end in Baltimore. Chicago, we were like right outside the doors for the exhibit hall, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then um, Baltimore, we were kind of like on a different down end. Kansas City, we were in a place where like you, you would walk through if you wanted to go to the exhibit hall a specific way. Um, but uh, I, I think this year's setup is going to be something pretty cool. Just kind of be there in, in the middle of it all.
0: So what what would you guys what do you all feel from the from the podcast perspective on site that are live? What is kind of the sweet spot between not too far and not too close? Or, you know, because I could only imagine exhibit hall. It's it's gonna be a little bit louder, right? So where where does that lie?
1: I I personally I still think the very first one they did where we were right outside the exhibit hall, um in an area that like and, and I think it also, it depends on the setup of the convention center. Cause I, every convention center is different too. So I felt like Chicago, we were in like a really good area where there was heavy traffic, but it wasn't like crazy loud. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously as, as it continues to grow, you know, they keep adding more and more shows to the, to the podcast row, media row, where now so, you know, you're getting kind of stuff from all around. So, um, I think that, uh, uh, you know this this year is going to be kind of cool to see what it's like uh, and there are a lot of us who are uh, doing producing and whatnot having to use the, the background noisy erasers and whatnot in the the post edit <laughs> and everything so uh but you know maybe it's just also enough chance to get more eyes
2: yeah. on what we're doing
0: thoughts on that Nick anything else
2: yeah, no, I mean he's one hundred percent right. So I don't know. It's every, it's kind of cool. It just, and I'm sure this is just the experience. Like convention is similar in so many ways each year, but very different so in so many ways each year. So it's, uh, it'll offer a new dynamic. That why again, I don't think I don't think there's ever been a convention that's been exactly the same. But all of them seem to have the same message at the end. Man, this was a blast.
0: Mm-hmm. Right so guests talk to us what do you guys have lined up what have you guys are what have you all already announced and what's the total plan in terms of the layout is it is it a formula there two a day three a day what are you guys what are you all shooting for
1: i say the same thing same thing every year that uh, we're not going to do as many shows as we do the year before of course because i just like completely schedule the crap out of us but uh as of now it looks like we're good. it's going to be the same thing uh, as we do every year uh, we've already announced uh, Randy Waldron, we always do that. I know he's a good friend of your guys' show. Uh, Randy's always our—he's um, always like our opener. Like we know we're gonna get get a, get a good show out of him, um, and so I think it's always like a, and it's and it's an easy chat too. So I think it's always yeah. good to get things kicked off with him. So we, we've told him that as long as uh, as long as he'll do it, he will always kind of kick things off with us. Um, we've got um, you know just for like our our our, our ones we've announced already, uh, Randy uh marguerite uh as well um and then this afternoon i guess it is afternoon now uh this evening we'll be announcing andrew richardson who's the chairman for the um black soccer coaches association group uh, mm. andrew's going to be coming out uh and talking to us on on that friday um and then uh i, I got some emails back from uh, a couple of heavy hitters uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. today at uh you know, one we'll put out on, on Christmas, uh, but then, you know, as time goes on, we'll announce the rest of them.
0: So ideally, what are you, what are you trying to target? Maybe 10 guests? What, what are, what's the, is there I'll a magic see, number there? What
1: three, is it? About 10 to 12. Yeah. It's because okay. we, I mean, like our show is a little bit different than others. They're there. Uh, maybe, maybe unlike some like the XM like, or the Fox sports people, but you know, we are also involved in stuff other than soccer chat at yep. the convention. Correct. Uh, so, you know, we, we've got to kind of map out sometimes now. We do every year map out from 12 to 1 because we, we got to eat. Like we are uh, fat guys that uh, <laughs> we, we have to get that, that intake in. Um, Philadelphia was like the best place because we could just walk across the street to the market that was really good i
2: forgot all about that, that one. one
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I, well i think that's the one you were talking about where it was like really good traffic kind of flow yeah yes. where everybody was having to walk to uh but i for whatever reason i always forget philadelphia but i i know that that was one but um you know i i think and right now we've got some some openings for we typically do a show what's going to be kind of weird is we typically do a show on saturday mornings in the the exhibit hall but now it's like we're going to be there already. Uh, so, you know, trying to try to get something linked up for that. But at the same time, uh, you know, I got uh, uh, asked the other day to um, what's the I think it's called. It's uh, basically moderating uh, a, a pretty cool panel that uh, I'm excited about nice. them putting out. Good. So uh, I don't know the time of it yet. So I'm, I'm scared that like, we have scheduled a show that's during the same time. Uh, but maybe I can try to be two places at once. I don't yeah.
0: know. Right. Awesome. Well, hey, unless you drag, unless you drag that guest as part of the panel, right? Drag them over there with you, right? You know what, that's very possible. Maybe, maybe. So tell us, so Nick, your perspective, Sean. So take us through the logistics, right? How are you guys tackling this? Because now it's on the West Coast this year, right? Out in Anaheim. So what will that morning, what will that morning of look like? You know, as far as you're leaving your respective locations, how do you guys link up? How do you handle that? What do you take with you equipment wise? How do you guys plan this out logistically? What what goes into it?
1: Yeah. Nick, Nick, what, Nick, what I always tell you for the stuff.
2: <laughs> I don't even remember what you tell me, but it's I always fun.
1: just be there.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He, like, I was going to say, like, show up, just make sure like, yeah, it's funny. I, like, literally, like, I don't, like, it's just so funny because I, yeah, I don't do anything. Sean figures all of this out. Um, and so it's it's always kind of funny with that because yeah I I literally I, I don't do anything so Sean why don't you take this answer?
0: <laughs> I put that on a business card. I love that. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: No,
1: it's uh, yeah, that, that's kind of like my my big joke is I always tell people you know, like I just tell Nick where to be and where to be at, and he's always said you know in his life his all of his assistants and his and his wife like just tell him where to be at and he'll be there. You know, no more details. Just what time, where, and and, and he's there. So that's kind of what we do. Uh, We do here as well. But, you know, logistically, I think right now it's um, I will actually be getting in. This is actually kind of changed in the last week or so. Um, So I'm going to do the coaches credentialing class um, that's going Mm -hmm. on there. Uh, So I now originally I was going to get in on Wednesday uh, from ECNL down in Tampa. And now I'm going to be getting in on Monday uh, to get ready for that class. It's on Tuesday. or I'm sorry. I think I get on Sunday to get ready for the class. It's on Monday, Tuesday. No, no, no. Tuesday and Wednesday is a class. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so I'll get in a couple days earlier for that um, to uh, to get my first two classes done with that. Um, and then just kind of using Wednesday to to kind of set up a little bit. I know we can get in – I believe we can actually get in to, like, set things up on Thursday morning. Um, mm-hmm. But I will use my Nick Rizzo card to try to get in a, a little bit earlier to see, uh, you know, kind of the setup and whatnot. Um and then we we always um I know it, it's always funny like between Nick myself and other friends of ours is like that day of travel we're always like texting okay where are you at now okay where's your layover how long are you yes, here for? that is how much idea. longer do you get in and what's crazy is like last year because last year you know everybody was a lot of coaches especially on the college side a lot of coaches were down in Florida for the ECNL
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that day that most of us were all flying out to go to Philly was the day that the FAA either got hacked or their server went down and whatnot. Oh. And so like, I got stuck in Atlanta. I actually was like a lot, from what I was told it was like, I was on one of the few flights that actually got off in the morning time. Um, I would, I had a layover in Atlanta and there were so many coaches who were in the Atlanta airport and we all were like, okay, like, what time do you think you're going to get there? What time do you think you're going to get there? And having people call me saying like, Hey, we're ditching the Atlanta airport. We're getting a rental car, like just ride with us to Philly. Um, so, you know, that was a, that was a fun year to kind of figure out what time everybody's going to get there. Cause I think I, our friend Ian Wilson got there a little bit before I did. And then I got there and I think Nick got there a couple hours after I did. Um, so, uh, you know, so I went and got like our hotel and everything ready and, uh, you know, got Nick his card once he arrived and whatnot. But I, this year, um, you know, I, I'm kind of sad that I won't be able to leave with a lot of people from Florida to head to it. But, uh, um, you know, as far as like stuff that we take, it, that really depends on the distance that we've got to go. I know like people see our setup that we had in, um, uh, Kansas city, which is like, was my favorite setup. Like, cause it was driving distance. Like I took a small TV, uh, to like put our graphic on and whatnot. Um, I, like, I really enjoyed the way that that looked, but when it's a little bit farther away, uh, all you guys get is, uh, uh, we bring a microphone, a laptop, and typically something that kind of a sign that shows who we are. And we always have goodies uh, from exact sports. They always help us out, giving, some, giving nice. us some gimmicks that we can give away. It's always koozies every year. Everybody loves the koozies. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we get all that stuff there. And um, then we just we mm-hmm. let it happen. I mean, so many times we've done a show where somebody who we didn't think would be who was there, like we just run into them. Okay, like you want to be on the show? Yeah. All right. Hey, come during this time. we we, we got some time that we can block out um so i think there's also that that element of surprise so i try not to get too logistical even though i'm a logistical person mm-hmm. um i try not to get too much because i know that we've got to have that flexibility to to be able to pivot when we need to and at the same time I and mean, we've had people that we we had scheduled for a show and and you know their lecture their field session time got changed right so we've had to you yeah. know kind of move things around so um <laughs> as far as travel goes i mean if, uh you know I, I right now i don't know if i'm gonna be leaving from florida if i'm gonna be leaving from home. Uh, to get there, uh, but I'm sure I will continue text, continue, continue, continue to text people, uh, seeing where they're flying from and what time they're getting
0: in. Wow, that's crazy! So that was when that happened last year, huh? The whole FAA yeah. thing that was la- wow. I remember. Yeah, I just didn't realize it was that that particular week, that weekend. Crazy stuff. So That was
1: that was such a weird day because, like I said, I, so like I said, just in my like concourse alone mm-hmm. in Atlanta, there were hundreds of coaches who were all going. And like we had a coach that was like, sitting like all of us who were in Atlanta. Hey, my plane's on the 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 runway. We're getting ready to take off. And the next thing we know, he sent us a text like they just turned us around. And we were like, oh, you know, whatever, whatever. But yeah, it's crazy to think that that was a year ago.
0: Wow. Yeah. So from the key key events, maybe certain clinicians, speakers, what has you maybe what what are you what's one thing you're really excited about this particular year, Nick? What what's is there something in particular, you're looking forward to?
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we talked with uh Jeff last, was it last week or two weeks ago, Sean? Um, yeah. And just talked about like all the different people that are going to be there. And I think that's a cool thing. Cause they, like Sean mentioned, we do obviously like have a lot of interviews, but there's people, ways that you can get out and see different people. And so there's so many good speakers this year. And I, and again, they have it virtually for people <laughs> who can't make it out to Anaheim and stuff like that as well. And so I think it's it'll be very cool to just have like the experience with all those different people, because yeah, they're really like, there's so many good presenters and, and things like that. And just being able to, again, just learn so much about the game. And and it's always been cool because you can carve out the experience you want because what you need one year or what you need maybe as a new coach, isn't the same things that you need a few years down the road. Or maybe you dealt with this past season, like you dealt with a lot of mental health issues within your team and that's something that you really need this year. Not that it's not always important, but maybe in, in a year it might be a little bit more, have a little bit more importance to you and your team in particular. I think it's kind of cool because you can kind of like carve and scope your own experience in the way that works best for you and what you're going mm-hmm. through as a coach, which is, and again, it's the biggest gathering of coaching in the world. Um, for soccer, and, and so it's, it's just really cool from all different countries, all different walks of life. And, and I think that's, that's some of the best parts.
0: How about you, Sean? What's got you maybe most excited this year? Any one particular thing?
2: Uh, you know, I, again,
1: like Nick said, and we actually just um, got done recording with, with David Simeon a um, while ago. And I, I think it's this year, I know that there is a larger amount of like certificates and, and diplomas that you can get at convention as compared to years past. I think there's like two or three you can normally get. And this year, there, there's a lot more. Um, you know, one of the things I'm really interested in is some of their uh their paths that they have, um of of, of series of lectures that all kind of coincide with each other. And there's like a men's college soccer path, there's a women's college soccer path, there's a professional <laughs> path, there's there's an NWSL path. Um and so to me, based off of things I'm I'm truly interested in, I am I am for whatever reason way more um I'm way more into like the front office side of things, the pro game now than Mm. I've ever been before. And so, you know, being able to go in and they've got the, uh, you know, Haley Carter, who's a good friend of ours, um, GM for the Orlando Pride. I believe the Angel City FC uh, GM. There's there's like one panel that's just nothing but GMs and front office people. And like, that's something that I want to go watch because, and listen and learn as well, because that is something that um, intrigues me uh about that that level now um so uh that's something i'm, I'm looking forward to trying to get in the the minds of, of those front office people and why they make the decisions that they make the talent uh scouting side of things you know that, that's a that's a, a diploma they're going to have this year is a talent id diploma uh that someone can get so yeah. you know obviously the, there's the the heavy hitters that that do a great job every year uh excuse me i know um I'd be remiss if I didn't say Kai Edwards just because Kai always acts like nobody will go to his sessions, but people go to them. Uh, so, you know, especially if you bring the Henrock, he will especially love that. But, um, you know, for me, like I said, I think it's it's more on the professional side of things um, of, of what I'm the ones that I'm going, okay, like I have to go to this. Um, yeah. um, and Obviously Laura Harvey's uh, I think she's a fantastic coach I think she's one of the top five coaches in the world dead or alive. Like, you know, don't try to debate me on it. Like it's not worth it. Cause I'm not going to fall. Like, you know, always intrigued to hear what she has to say, especially now with, you know, the news of what she might be doing over the right. next year. Um, so <laughs> right. it, it'd kind of be a good, good, um, it, it, you know, and, and Dave said on our podcast, like the chance to go listen to people who you, you see on TV or you, you know, you've heard of them from someone else. And, and, that at the end of the day like that's the thing i enjoy i always always enjoy going to see new people that i've never mm-hmm. heard speak before but there's all, obviously some topics of people that i've listened to before that i want to go check out just because i know they're going to do a good job with it
0: yeah yeah buddy of mine told me he was up so he's a college coach um down in the valley here in texas he was t- he mentioned something to me i forgot what he said but i think something about i believe he said it was that they're going to be offering i think uh certain credential course or diploma course in Spanish, I think. Yeah
1: yeah. I, yeah. 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 David was just telling us about that. So okay. it is yeah. the first one they've done. And I, and I don't remember what the, the diploma is, but the entire course, the lectures and the field session, the entire they thing is going to to finish,
0: right. Everything yeah. from,
1: from the beginning to the very end is nothing but Spanish. And I'm so intrigued by how many people let's say non-Hispanic, who are fluent in it and understand it, how many will will attend that? Because I think it would be a, a good amount um, mm-hmm. of people who might be interested in that. Um, so that's going to be something I think is going to be really cool to see this year. And I think something that, you know, I think you're going to see more of that uh, going forward. I think you'll you'll probably see maybe next year, a couple more Hispanic courses. Maybe there's Uh, you know, whatever uh, language you want, you want to throw out there. But I think that's a start of something pretty cool that uh, hopefully continues to grow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Glad to hear. So we start to, we pivot here coaches. So next question I got for you, kind of a softball, easy softball kind of layup question here for you. Your thoughts on the state of the college game. Oof. Right. Layup. Um, Easy one. That's an easy one. Right. Easy one. So. Yeah, it's
2: interesting. I think you could tackle it in a lot of different ways. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think so. so Nick, Nick, I got preferences for you. So
1: we we had somebody that submitted that question uh, to Hector, and they started it all with, the, "Yeah, do, do, you know I want him, you. Me? I want to see Nick's face when you read this question to him." Okay. Because I, I I was, I was <laughs> clearly,
0: clearly I thought that was this was to the wrong podcast, right? But no, it wasn't. So no, this from so from Lethal Soccer, Lethal Enforcer, Texas High School Soccer. These seem these being you two these seem like two smart dudes what's their outlook predictions and concerns of how college soccer will look by the end of the decade between realignment new ncaa legislations and year-round club which is common in all sports where are we headed
1: I told Hector, and I, I tweeted to Lethal little force for soccer. I don't know how much we have to pay them for saying that we. Oh,
0: did you tweet? Uh, did you like tweet yeah, yeah.
1: I, I said, you know, how much do we owe you for calling us smart? Because we greatly appreciate that. So, <laughs> and Nick, now when you answer that, you have to keep that in mind that people think that we're smart.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then now now it's a lot of pressure to not to That's not. Up. Um, I yeah, know. I I'll ta- tackle it this way first. I think that. With the way NILs are going, and they haven't affected soccer as much as they've affected other sports, with the influx of internationals, especially older internationals, and I, I think a year-round model if it ends up going through, it's seeming more that the men's college and women's college soccer games, I would lean a little bit more towards the men's side, is going to start actually looking more in alignment with professional soccer around the world Um, because you're going to have opportunities for people maybe to make money um, off of their name and brand recognition. You're going to have, I mean, if you look at, it was crazy. Someone tweeted out um, the division two national champs this year had an insane amount of internationals, like some, like, I think it was like 80% internationals and like they had like a multitude of players that were over 25 years old. Because like they were coming in for like finishing degrees and things right. like that, or even starting degrees and stuff, and so it's like that doesn't look like what college. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I know there's defenders are proponents on both sides. I was a player who played against a 27 year old when I was, I think it was 19. He was a freshman, 27 year old when I was in college. He was the best player I ever played against. He was ridiculous. 27 year
0: old um, freshman? Did you just yeah? Say it's in Marco
2: Kirsch. He ended up. He went to North Carolina Wesleyan for one year played there, then went back to Germany and, like, played in, like, the Bundesliga 2 for, like, a while. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, crazy. He was 27 years old. He was born in <laughs> 1980, and I was 87. So it was, like, very easy to, like, figure out how far we are apart. Um, but to go back to it, it's interesting because it does seem more and more like the the game, especially on the men's side, is going to start to, like, really mirror what a professional calendar might, might look like. And, again, it's, pro- it's not going to be the quality. But it's, I mean, you look at the players that are, there's a lot of men's players still like in not only the U S but other ones that still have like some semblance of college soccer experience. And it's might not be the best path for like the elite elite, but right, right. it's, there's still players that are going on and having good professional careers, not only in the U S but in Europe that, ha, that played college soccer. And I think it, I, I don't know it's, it's with the legislation and stuff. I think it's going to continue to m- encourage those types of things to happen.
0: Yeah. I think it was, what was it? Um, was it two years ago now, maybe a year and a half ago. So I know Sasha, Sasha Sarovsky, right. From Maryland was making that was really pushing that 21st century model, mm-hmm. particularly for D one. It gets shot. It gets shot down. All right. Legislation. That was, that
1: was 2020.
0: It was 20. So, so, so it was, I
1: think it was, pre- he originally, so I was at the convention where he presented it for the very first time. And I mm-hmm. would say that was 2000. 2000- Maybe 2012, maybe 2013, because mm-hmm. I, I it was my first year coaching college. And I mm-hmm. happened to be in the D1 meeting where he presented it, because um, I remember because it was when I took the job at Brescia. We, I had brought it up because at the time we found out we were probably going to do a split schedule for the the COVID year, um, and everybody laughed at it, and said no, and then after our seasons got over with, everybody was like, "Hey, that's actually not that bad of an idea." Um, yeah. So yeah, that was he. I think it was officially like brought to attention in, in 2020.
0: Well, yeah, I thought they, I thought it was 2021 that they voted on it, that they shot it down. Yeah. yeah. But I guess the question, but particularly I know it seemed, it was interesting because the, the D one men's side of the house was kind of for it and pushing for it, but not the women's side. Right. So I'm just yeah. kind of curious falling in line with what Nick was just talking about. Now, again, I get it. D one different boat, but still at the same time, I'm kind of curious if they will start to come back to that, particularly on the men's side?
1: I, you know, I, this is, this is where it's kind of, I'm, I'm cool that I'm like in the middle here
0: um, yeah, yeah,
1: of where I'm at and whatnot. But I, I understand both sides of the argument. I understand from the school's point of the money, the travel and, and things like that, the accommodations and whatnot. I totally understand that point. But what I really understand the most is, Kids playing once a week, longer recovery time. They're not going to be out of the classroom. You know, like think think about it from a from a football perspective. You know, a lot of times we kind of joke about you know, oh, there's no way those football GPAs are as high as they are. Well, if they're in class Monday through Friday, you know, and fly out maybe Friday afternoon to where well, they got to play the next day, like I could totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm for it. I've always I've been very vocal that I'm for it. I know on the NAI side, uh, there is a vote that's going to be going down because uh, it has been suggested on the men's side there as well uh, to try to move forward with it. And the thing I learned about the NAI is that they try to do things before the NCAA if, if possible. Uh, they did the NIL before NCAA, and I know that this is something too that they're
0: so they're actively, to- They're actively pursuing that 21st century game model right yeah. now to vote on. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, and you know, I, I know administratively, a, a lot of schools were not for it, but I think the coaches, I mean, with the, the resources and the data that they've gotten, uh, to, to show, I think it, it'll be interesting to see. Cause we, we had a question during, um, I was the national raider this year and it got brought up at some point. And I know somebody said, well, why is that not being brought for discussion on the women's side? And it was kind of the same thing of well, we, the women's side doesn't doesn't seem like they really are for it. Um, so I, that, that's something that's kind of intriguing to me. Um, Correct. That, uh, you know, why? Why is it OK for one side, but for for not the other? And, mm-hmm. you know, I hear the things of it's the social aspect and the, the burnout and stuff like that.
0: Um, the only two know, I ever heard, the only two I ever consistently heard were the social, as you mentioned. And then the uh, the academic piece, right? The ability to focus more on academics, particularly, and balance them more in the spring. I think that mm-hmm. those were the only two I consistently heard on the women's side. So, I again. just, but I just wonder that when yeah.
1: when you're not missing class time for the most part, right? You know, I like like our school, you know, all classes on Friday are doing at noon. I did not every school is like that. I totally understand that, but if you are in class from Monday to Friday without missing. I don't know how that truly hurts like yeah you're studying on the road but you're going to do that anyway as on a wednesday night mm-hmm. traveling for your thursday night game or you know if you have a a um, friday saturday schedule like a, one of the schools i was at before we had a, a thursday or a friday mm-hmm. sunday schedule like you're still going to be making that time to to study so um i think it, it's a time management course i guess for for our kids
0: yeah 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 so you know and it's it's interesting because it's kind it's kind of related but not really so you know, we talked about convention and then we're talking about the state of the game right now. And so I had this conversation with uh, in our last episode, episode 101 with Jake Plant from UIW, right? The uh, women's soccer coach there at Incarnate Word. I mentioned to him, so I'll mention it to you all, too, is that so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. Was it Sunday, right? Sunday. Um, so full disclosure, I'm actually at an NBA game. I'm watching the Spurs versus the Pelicans. So I'm at an NBA game. And I'm watching <laughs> on my phone. I'm watching the uh, the uh, women's the NCAA women's uh, uh, volleyball national championship right between great, Texas, great, like, yeah. like
2: dude, Texas just roll. Holy cow! Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Yeah, between Texas and Nebraska, and I'm thinking to myself. I'm watching the the environment, right? I'm watching the setting, and uh, here we are a week before Christmas, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, we just got done with our men's and women's college cups, D1 college cups, the women's being in you know in carrying – north carolina and why why wasn't why can't that environment a, a similar environment i get it outdoors but why can't that why can't we have a similar environment to that in the uh in the women's soccer game from the person from so for example right we talk about just tv right it's primetime, abc afternoon sunday great spot right great spot it's not buried on espnu it's not sometimes lost in ESPN plus or limited access, or it's a questionable broadcast. And then the other piece too is the, I think I got the acronym, right? The ABCA, right? So what they do, the American Volleyball Coaches Association, they center their convention around the final four, right? Mm. So so this is something to think about, right? From, I don't know if United Soccer Coaches could ever pull that off, right? So, especially I thought, the, I thought
1: the, they used to do that with the men's side.
0: I feel thought there was something I don't know I thought there was something there but I don't especially since they're a week apart right I I didn't know how that worked but but I'm looking at all of that and then I'm looking I'm just thinking to myself you know what what compounds all of that is that simultaneously for so for example the women's the women's d1 college cup is happening North Carolina and you have the ECNL and the GA having showcases on opposite ends of the country simultaneously right so none of that none of that helps right none of that helps showcase well well adding into
1: that as as somebody who's who's been down there for that um you know so the 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 visit raleigh showcase is always at the same time and it's a you know the basically there so the the games there get done at three o'clock so that everyone can go to Mm -hmm. that first game on friday night and um this year, somebody was kind of talking about, you know, because the GA did an event on in California at the same time, and ECNL was in Tennessee at the same time. Like, how much them going off and doing their own thing was going to hurt the College Cup? Because before, you had Eastinell and GA games at the Visit Raleigh Showcase, right. um, and you know how much effect that had. I also wonder too. So I, I went. I didn't go this year to the College Cup, but I did go last year, and the first game. Um was um North Carolina and Florida State. And I think that's right. Was it was it North Carolina and Florida State
2: it was the first game last year? Yeah, because uh, it was UCLA, no, yeah, it was UCLA uh, and Carolina Alabama. Lost to UCLA. Oh no, that was in the fi- no, shoot, that was yeah,
0: semi-final. Yeah, I think it was the first semi. Yeah. Okay, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So the first semi was Carolina and um uh Florida State. I remember because I saw Red Lightning on the sidelines. And any college football people, you know who Red Lightning is. Uh he's now the manager for uh uh, the the women's soccer team, but I can remember that game being completely packed. It was the first game; it just, I mean, standing room almost throughout the whole place. And then, right in the middle of the first half of that UCLA Alabama game, that was second. All those kids had eight o'clock games the next morning, and the yeah. the the, the, sh- the showcase was probably. 25 30 minutes away and who knows where all they were staying at right but yeah. um so i'm i'm assuming that you know that has a um a thing to do with with that that um that type of attendance stuff but you know i, I look at the like on the men's side for division one you know they were at, they were in a fantastic stadium down at louisville uh yeah, when and, it and it was and empty stadium and was it was empty yeah and you know i had so many people that reached out to me it was like Hey, like do they have any like special like events or like little like um, uh, you know like kids area or whatever that you know you, you can go to because you see that for for football, basketball and baseball they have like the little like inflatables and right. uh, you know activities mm-hmm. that you can go to. and I'm like right. I, I don't think that they do have that. Um, but I can also tell you like the promotion wise of it, you know like I saw more from the loose City Academy about the, fi- the men's final four being in Louisville than I saw anywhere else. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And And so, you know, I wonder how much, obviously volleyball has been on a huge up in the last year or so. um, Obviously like with Nebraska and some of these other teams and whatnot. And so I wonder, you know, how much of it is those own, is there saying, Hey, this is a group that's on a rise. Let's pump more into the marketing side for this. Um, Because I'm sure soccer was that not too long ago where soccer was the collegiate sport on the rise and you know, they put the money in it, but no, I, I think it's a, it's a thing where volleyball has it right, you know, doing it around their coaches convention. I think if um, you know, if, if I, if I was uh, you know, the, the people at North Carolina FC, you know, my thing would be, Hey, GA, ECNL, right. DPL, ATL, whatever other acronyms hip hop wise I can think of to throw out there, um, you know, like hey, like save that weekend for us because because next year, both the men's and the women's college cup are in Cary, North Carolina. So mm. if I'm if I'm that area, I'm like hey, like y'all don't pick anything for this weekend. Let us do this. Let's do soccer right by America. Let's do it right for these college kids, um, and, and put all of our resources into
0: it. Yeah, yeah, it's just. It's just not smart. It's just not smart business, I guess. Now, is there any, uh, you know, and I mentioned this too, is there anything that says that the GA, ECNL, right, have to fall in line with that? No, no, but is it a good look though? Is it a, you know, is it smart? Is it good business? Is it smart? No, it's also not, so tough one. So, um, so curious, so Nick, from your perspective, right, the help us understand from that, particularly from the D3 angle, the transfer portal we've been hearing so many stories and they're overwhelmingly d1 driven just the stories the different things the numbers what you're hearing how do they look from the perspective of of, I guess D d3 if you will um and just the things that you I guess hear in that world
2: yeah it's interesting um I I probably like my like like interesting perspective is um, obviously the D3 doesn't have nearly as many in the transfer portal. Like it's a, it's a, it's a very small percentage compared to the division one, division two. And I think part of that might be because uh, self-release forms, like you can do a self-release for division three, which might be some of them, you know, like a particular school that you want to go to, you can just have a form and talk to that school for 30 days and figure yourself out. But, um, the it's it's interesting though, because there are obviously division three ones, but it's funny from a division three perspective, and uh College Soccer Truth of the World would like love to hear this, but it's uh it most most people aren't looking to transfer down, which is funny because most I, I wouldn't say all, but uh like I and I wouldn't even say a majority, but a percentage of players in there weren't playing at their current schools, which are like division twos, division ones. And so it's like, there is great opportunity division three, but there's, it's funny. You'll see them go to like another division two or division one program. And you like want to, you want to think like, if you're those coaches, like, why are you taking this player who didn't play at a program that's worse than you and now is playing for you? So it's, Mm -hmm. I know it's a, it's a very interesting uh, thing. I think it's, I, I go back and forth about like, I, I, cause I also try to see it from a player's perspective and I go back and forth about whether I, how much I love or hate the transfer portal Maybe dependent on the day. Um, Fortunately, I think if you have a good team with good culture and stuff like that, you're not going to deal with it a whole lot. Like, I think if you, there's, there's obviously, you see certain schools in there every single year with like seven kids on there and you're like, okay, well that's, that's the same thing that happened last year. You see other schools that you don't hear anything about. I would say the only thing that I find weird at going like back to like the volleyball thing for perspective and this is when the first time this has happened across sports but uh it was like the other day it just came out that uh one of texas's players who had to sit out this year but um or sorry one of nebraska's players who had to sit out this year because uh, of uh, uh i think it was a family thing and uh she's now transferring to texas and in, in yeah, my head, volleyball
0: like, right volleyball Yeah, 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 I I saw that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: so, like, she was like an all-reason, all-conference player for Nebraska. Sad to sit out this year. And then, is transferring to Texas and I'm like I guess like I don't love that perspective I get it from the kids perspective because like yeah you're gonna go fight for a national title but Nebraska's like probably gonna fight for national titles too but I, I always find it weird when like kids are starting to ditch programs to go try to win a national title and I've always been uh, of the perspective like try to make your program a national title contender and and stuff like that but it, it's hard because like you don't want to like if a kid wants to go transfer and win a <laughs> national title like I mean that's obviously something that they like Like are fully entitled to believe that that's something that they should do. So, um, it's it's interesting. I I have mixed. I I feel like I go back and forth on transfer. Maybe every week.
0: Yeah, I was um, yesterday. I saw the Rich Eisen show. Right, they had Bruce Feldman, right, college football insider guy. He was talking about so with it yesterday being national signing day for football. Right, the early signing day period for college football, and he's he's on there and he's talking about how, in large part, the portal has now trumped any, any signing day, right. In terms of priority Mm -hmm. and importance and glitz and glamour. Um, so it's interesting. I think we're at a, I mean, we've seen so much change in college athletics going back to 2017, right. From the implementation of the portal, right. Then of course the pandemic and then boom, a year later NIL and now what you're seeing. So it's interesting because the portal regulation is coming, you know, uh, rail, you know, guardrails, as they say uh, When and what that will look like—that's going to be the interesting question.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, hear, it's, I it's, hear, it's, it's free agency
0: kind of in college sports.
2: College. Oh, sorry, Here you go, Sean.
0: No, no. I was
1: just—I mean, it's it's free agency in college sports. I mean, think about pro sports right now. Oh, I want to go play for a winner. I want to go play for. I'm so good. I want to go play for a winner. You know, and yeah, the uh, NBA has kind of really, you know, bumped that up. But I—I think that's what you're seeing now is how many kids, you know, when they sit they're transferring. Oh, why are you going to the school? I want to play for a contender.
0: Yeah. 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 And then lost in all of that too is I think, you know, the NJCAA, the ju- junior college, because it's still, I think in many ways, the right opportunity for a student athlete to get to the ultimate destination that they want to get to. So I think that gets lost a lot. So, all right, final question for you guys, <clears throat> this one. So kind of wanted to get your thoughts on going back to between last Friday's uh Big bomb, MLS bomb on the U.S. Open Cup. <laughs> and then, of course, this morning, right, we got a big surprise on the uh, the European Super League, right? Being uh, passing legislation, all right, the court determining there that uh, it wasn't justified. UEFA can't uh, establish Champions League. They can't have a monopoly. What are your initial thoughts, right? Obviously, so much more still has to happen, but what are your initial thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh we'll tackle the MLS one first. It was it's a I mean, it's it's without trying to get Sean and I in too much trouble. It's not that Don Garber's like When has it.
0: that ever when has that ever stopped you? Or my our, our sources, our sources did mention, I don't know if you saw this, was that uh, potentially Sean Soderling could be up to replace uh, Don Garber as MLS Commissioner. I don't know if you saw that. We had sources. Yeah, there. remind me. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to ask about that source. While I go
2: in a few. I mean, it would be. It would be, be. We'd be better off for it. Um, but yeah, it's just. I, I. don't know if anyone saw it. Like, it, it, for, for better. Like, people have different opinions on this guy as well. But we, as our show, we love him. Uh, Eric that came out with like an interview uh, the other day talking about it, and it was. I, I thought he, he said it better and more eloquently than I could, and just essentially talked about how the MLS is not like it's not there for like the development of the league. It's there to protect the teams within the league. And I think when you have a decision like this, it just makes sense to all the other decisions that they tend to make it being a closed league, not having promotion relegation. And to be fair, I think there's been some teams that have probably scared a lot of the MLS teams over the last few years and made some good runs that were non, non MLS teams. And maybe it's a little bit of protection of your self-interest knowing Mm -hmm. that like maybe soon there, you might not be the have the elite elite teams every single year. And I I don't know. I think there, I think there was a a lot of things that probably went into that decision, but I'm sure the number one decision was just money. Um, But it's also like, I I saw another perspective on this uh, I think today, which was also interesting because, in Europe, obviously, they have cups in the middle of season, things like that as well. And teams have the obviously rotate squads like you can't play the same squad every week. And so maybe there is in defense of the MLS a little bit like some element of that where it's like, oh, we're just going to send our youth teams to that one because we need to like the league is the most important thing for us. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can see a little bit of that, but just the way it came, it just didn't. It wasn't a good
0: yeah. look. Yeah, I think the irony there with the MLS is what's restricting them. So the thing that's been coming up, right, in their report has been uh, fixture congestion, right, match congestion, right? But they're the ones that went ahead and added (laughs) – they added League's Cup, right? And the irony here is that it seems like it's their own roster restrictions, their own roster regulations within the league, right? Right. That's limiting them. That's what's really limiting them, I think, from being able to do exactly what you're talking about. That's the irony, I guess. Sean? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Nick. I, it's the – really, on obviously, on what you just said, I think
1: the MLS is their own worst enemy um, with their own regulations and restrictions and things like that when I first heard of it and saw that, you know, they were promoting for the MLS next teams to be playing in the open cup and whatnot. And I, I did think the same thing as Nick is, well, I mean, we all watch the Carabao cup and, you know, it's, especially those opening rounds, half the team on Liverpool, Nick's never heard of half the team on Chelsea. I've never heard of, Um, you know, cause it's all, it's all Academy kids. And the idea is that, you know, just right. get, just get the team as far as you can. So we got to throw in the senior team. And then once we get to that, like knockout stage, then, you know, we're going to play our, our heavy hitters because we're trying to win the trophy, which I think is kind of the service to, uh, the, you know, those younger players who don't get much time. It's like, they got you there, let them finish it out. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I was really, I applauded U S soccer with their coming out and denying that request. And, and I, it, again, it, it, you mentioned about how kind of shows the MLS's backside a little bit. The fact that they made the announcement before it even got rejected or accepted by US soccer mm-hmm. so like yeah, i yeah. feel like sometimes mls feels like they are the ussf and yeah. this was like the first time that it felt like the ussf told them like no you're not the end all be all in american soccer right
0: and i think i think for so long it was hard to tell who was who right because of and their connection with 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 sum right sum sum marketing and now that there's no longer a link there i think yeah exactly i think they're actually those actions reflect that for sure it, it's i think it's going to be interesting because that now now the ball's back in mls's court right how do they how do they next respond that'll be <clears throat> that'll be the interesting one but i think all that said is i think what i think part of the good that's going to come out of this is U.S. soccer's further investment is because they do need to invest. You talked about the marketing earlier, Sean, right? In terms of the uh, the College Cup, they need to apply, same concept, apply much more marketing and money into the U.S. Open Cup because it, it's needed for sure. It's needed for sure. So I think that'll be one of the positives. So um, now, European Super League, right? Oh. So Champions League and Super League. Nick, take us away.
2: Yeah, no, I hate it. I don't know how, I don't know who would like it. Like it's, it's just, it's such a dumb idea. Like it's, I I get it, but we already like, like that doesn't mean that things don't need to change throughout the years. Like, like we, as we grow as humans, like there's obviously different needs and stuff, but it, it makes zero sense to take all of those, like just the logistics of the travel and everything. Just, I don't, I think it would just be just the dumbest decision of all time. And it's, I enjoy watching the premier league. Like we all do. I, I enjoy watch, like it's, it's, it's fun to go into every game and feel like you still like, and it, you would just ruin like those teams at the lower end that are constantly fighting promotion relegation. It, you would ruin their, like you would destroy teams. Like they would not be mm-hmm. able to self-sustain. I don't think without the TV rights that you would get with um, the premier league and things like that. And so I just feel like, like you would destroy so many lives by doing this and like so many professionals, so many people's families, it just, it seems like just such an asinine idea for people that are just already at the top who already have so much money that are craving just like a little bit more money. It's like, what I like, how, how many, how big of a yacht do you have to have to, to <laughs> you know, to make to where where too much, mo- you have too much money. You know, it's, it's just, it's crazy to me.
1: Well, yeah. what I, the thing going on on next thing about money is, I saw a post today. I forget who the, the writer was. I'd love to give him credit back. I can't remember. Basically, the two teams that have said yes to this thing, Madrid and Barcelona, from what it's being reported that the teams who participate in this are going to get, Barcelona would become debt-free, and Lord knows they need all the money that they can get. So, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think this is just all a little little infinity uh, loop between Real and Barca. And, <laughs> And somebody else that, uh, you know, the, the um, Aaron West made a very good comment today on the Glossal Novel I, I was telling Hector before Nick got on, like I actually did my research today. Uh, I was, I was watching you. people talking about this. Um, so I can't take credit for all this. But, you know, Aaron West made a very, very good point. He said, the thing I love about the Classico is I see it once or twice if that. He goes, I don't want to see the El Clasico every three weeks. I don't want to see it every four weeks. I don't want to see it once a month. Yeah. And he's like, and it's kind of gotten watered down because lately we have seen it more than once or twice in a year. Um, you know, some of the the big rivalry games, you know, we look forward to it one time a year, two times a year. Well, you're going to water it down. It's not going to be as special as it used to be. Um, and so, you know, that's where I, I just, I don't understand where the league concept, uh, I, I feel like it's just, it's the live golf of soccer is mm-hmm. what it is. Mm. And, and, I, and I'm not a, a live golf fan whatsoever. Um, and I, I, I don't understand how taking what makes the sports special, like Nick talked about, you know, like taking away the opportunity to see Chelsea or Liverpool just hypothetically speaking. Okay. So like, don't freak out when I say this, but like seeing those teams hypothetically lose to like a Brentford or a, uh, you know, a, a, a relegation zone team. Don't take that away from those, those teams that are on the up or take that away from, uh, like the Open Cup, like uh, uh, Las Vegas Lights, when when Aldo was coaching them, and they just ran through all those MLS teams. Don't take that away from the yeah. people who are putting their money into it. Not just you organizing, and say, okay, hey, we're going to get all this together now. We're going to make all this money. No, we're the ones who are still paying for it. Uh, and, and don't take stuff like that away from us.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, you know, going back to the Open Cup, you mentioned the Open Cup. It is so true just because – so last year, right? Last year I got to see – so. You know my hometown team here, club that I support, season ticket member, <clears throat> San Antonio FC, right? USL Championship. We squad. just
1: got a big pickup right before we got on
0: here. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, That's I saw huge. that. Huge. One we, Avidello,
1: um, love
0: <laughs> The um, we got to see him last year here in San Antonio, Toyota Field, which is one of the best venues under under ten thousand to watch a game. Right, extremely intimate. You're right on top of the action, and. uh they played Austin FC, right? I think it was, was it third round? I think it was maybe. And uh, they played Austin FC in the open cup and talk about an unbelievable game. Austin FC, I think probably had about 60, 70% of their, of their starting squad on there. Right. And uh, for that match. And it was a great, it was a great match, great match. So to be able to experience that, to be able to be there and it was, you know, sellout crowd and it was loud. It was loud. And then of course there's, if you know your history in terms of MLS and San Antonio FC and you know Anthony Precourt and what happened with the crew and how they ended up in Austin there's uh there's a lot of there's a lot of bad feelings between you know the owner of Austin FC and San Antonio FC so um so yeah great but but that's a story that was already kind of built in before they even played right but if you don't have the open cup you never see that you never see that so I know the big thing that I saw that was different this time around right with the proposal now for the initial proposal for or not I shouldn't say the initial the new proposal compared to the initial proposal for the uh, the European Super League is that now it seems like it is truly 100% I guess promoted in versus before where like so many teams would stay in and then the one that got the one that got my attention was they're putting it out there saying that it would be 100% TV uh TV would be 100% free no, you would not have to pay for any kind of subscription or anything like that. So, that one, that one, I believe little, it when I see it. Yeah, that one was a little interesting. So, I'm just like, mm. I mean, unless
1: they do, like, um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a massive fan right now of the zone women's football channel because you get all mm-hmm. the Champions League games for free as long as you got YouTube, you know, and yeah. you don't have to have an account to watch it. You just type in the zone women's football and you can watch the game. So, unless it's something like that, and, and I don't even know, like, what the zone's getting revenue wise from doing that on youtube I, i'd be seen see those numbers but yeah. I, how are you going to put on barcelona and real madrid for free how are you going to put on you know liverpool and and whoever else for free or you know whatever may I, I the, the money's got to come from somewhere you right can't, you can't put those shows on for free
0: i yeah i know when they put that out there i was like hmm how are they See how they pull this one off. So, all right, so good stuff, good stuff, gentlemen. Thank you. So, real quick as we start to transition over to our counterattack segment, let, let me tell you uh, about our good friends at Gipper. So, Gipper's the way uh the way schools, athletic departments, ADs and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join over 3,000 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded <laughs> graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. If you do have, if you, if you do have significant design experience, you're what they call the power user. This is specifically designed for you as well as you can expand on it with multiple capabilities as well. And just for being a listener of the 5050 podcast, you can receive 10% off any first time Gipper purchase. Simply visit Gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. Again, that's Gipper.com slash partner slash 5050. And our other good friends are proud partners at Global Scarves. Global Scarves is the top provider of custom-knitted scarves, beanies, and other fan merchandise in the U.S. All merch is fully custom with free design services and free shipping. Again, free shipping on all orders. You can contact them at info at scarves.com to get any free designs or quotes built out for your school, club, or personal supporters group even. So simply mention the podcast or use the code hashtag 5050 pod. And our good friends at Global Scars, they'll be sure to take care of you. So, all right, <clears throat> gentlemen, moment of truth. So, counterattack segment. So, since you guys are uh, frequent flyers of the Fifty-Fifty podcast here, we're going to change it up a little bit, right? So, today, rather than bombard you guys with a ton of questions, so I got five for you, but what we're going to add a new little wrinkle in there. So, you all, right, we'll get to throw – fire back some questions my way. So we'll kind of go one for one. I'll start us off with the first one. So each of my questions will be for both of you. And then after that, you guys can ask back. So, all right. First Sounds one. Good. Favorite number and why? 14.
2: We we have the, we both have the same favorite number. Yeah, yeah,
0: Thank yeah. You. 14.
2: Yeah.
1: We, 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 of, we, we realized when we first did the show. Yeah. We, well, we both wore it in, yeah. uh, in college. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, I mean, remember how, I think I saw a picture of Nick whatever, well, no, you made you made me
2: we, like it was like a throwback episode. You're like, hey, get a picture of you for college. You did it for a graphic, and like we both realized that we had both had giant hair and wore the number fourteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. so what was the story for fourteen behind you, Nick? was there or did you just get stuck with that one? Yeah, just so I,
2: like I was fortunate enough, like we had my college had a fifty five person roster, um and there weren't obviously fifty five uniforms. and so, I was fortunate enough to make the first team as a freshman, and I remember getting there, and my coach like is like, "Nick, well, Nick, what number do you want?" And I literally verbatim I said, "Whatever number won't piss someone off," and he's like, "Sounds good." No, uh, they they graduated someone who wore fourteen last year. No one wanted it of the returners, and so he just yeah. threw me the number four jersey. But it was literally because I told him I was like, "I don't want to piss anyone off."
0: And Sean, so is there a story or not really? Yeah. So my whole family,
1: uh, my grandfather, my uncle, all wore number 14. Um, and as I got older, realizing that like, that was a number that wasn't popular. Uh, Cause you know, I'm, I grew up in the Jordan era. Everybody wanted to wear 23, no matter what the sport was. Um, and so I was like, man, like 14 is a number that nobody really talks about. You know, there's not really a famous player who, who wears it at the time. Um, so, and then I, I, I'll never forget, like, this is really bad to think about, but I, I remember my senior year of high school as in the youth group meeting at church and they were talking about seven being the perfect number. And I was like, well, seven times two is 14. So that must mean it's double perfect. It's like um, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like it, 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 What gets more perfect than perfect double it up. So uh, 14 was a number that just kind of stuck with me. Like I, I got so giddy when I got to college and nobody wore it. Um, Cause I knew that that was something I always want to remember was, was wearing 14 myself and the cool thing is now I've got uh, i got a couple of little kids of my own that wear number fourteen for for their teams, and so it's, oh, it's nice. kind of cool to see that keep going on. All right. Quinn just heard me talk about her, so she <laughs> well Duke wore fourteen other day in basketball, so
0: so you're passing it passing it on, huh? The legacy. Like Quinn,
1: Quinn wants me to confirm. You can tell them yourself, but Quinn wants to confirm that that was her jersey that she passed on to Duke to wear for basketball. <laughs> uh,
0: but <laughs> all right, awesome, great deal. So. All right guys fire away i'll try not to embarrass myself so whatever you got fire away favorite non-caffeinated drink favorite non Non caffe
2: non-caffeinated non-alcoholic oh you went there i I mean i was just saying non-caffeinated it might
0: be hey it might be extremely limited but it might also be boring i guess just how about just good old-fashioned water
2: i'm a big water water water. person
0: yeah i drink a ton each their own yeah, people see me drinking energy drinks, you know, pretty regularly, but what they often forget or they don't see is I drink about so these guys right here, so this Yeti, this tumbler, I drink on average probably three of these a day, plus the water bottle I have with me in my backpack during training. And I usually finish at least half to two thirds of that. So So during that been... same
1: cup you have during mm-hmm. school. I don't
0: mine's not a Yeti.
1: Mine's just yeah. a plain silver one. I'm bougie. I'm um,
0: sorry, I'm bougie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I will fill that up with Sprite like four or five times a day. Right. can't help myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're giving me a hard time over C4 and you're, uh, you're talking about Sprite. (laughs) All right. All right. Next one. Best thing you've seen on TV or in the theater. Okay. So this is kind of a two-parter. Okay. So best thing you've seen on TV or in the theater recently, as well as this year. Oh man. Nick, you watch a lot more TV than I
2: do. Yeah. Uh, so t- I'll say movie first. There was a new Hunger Games movie me and my wife went to. So that's the only movie I've seen in the theaters in mm-hmm. recent times. So Ballad of Songbird Snake* was really enter- entertaining. We read the book. So yeah. that was yeah, good.
0: I saw that.
2: I saw that. Yeah. TV. Oh, man. It's, it's like so funny because it, like, it's a TikTok trend. But like one of the, like, I would say the most recent show I'm watching on Netflix is from like, like the late, um, it was like from like 2016, 2019. It's called Roman Empire. And it's like a docu series mm. on the Roman Empire, which apparently it was. A, our players told me it was a TikTok trend that apparently dudes always think about the Roman Empire, um, and so I like it's it's very typical, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: sure. Uh, see, I, like I said, I don't watch a lot of TV or movies. It's basically if my kids watch it, uh, I get to see it. So um, TV shows, um, <laughs> just because it's the holidays. I just started um, the Santa Clauses.
0: Oh, those
1: Movies. instead of being a movie they did they've done the tv series so we just started that one i've got like four, three more to go on the uh season one um movie wise are, are also well i haven't started it yet i, I said i was going to bear night and i haven't started because it just came out i'm a massive reacher fan and season oh, two heard about that yeah, yeah it's it's it's
0: all
1: it's absolutely awesome and i yeah, cannot well, wait to start season two yeah. um i'll probably start it that just,
0: that season two just came out, didn't it? Didn't it just come out? Yeah, it
1: just came out like two nights ago. Yeah. yeah so yeah, once
0: yeah. once we get back
1: home, I'll probably start that up. Um yeah. and then, but movie-wise, Hector and I were kind of talking about this earlier. I think it just came out today. Um, is the Iron Claw uh, yeah. movie about yeah. the, the Von Eric wrestling family and mm. Zach Efron's in it, a couple other big name uh, actors. So um anything that's uh old school wrestling territory days uh into a really cool video or movie, like I'm definitely
0: gonna watch it. I haven't even seen that yet, but I already know that's probably probably going to be the best thing I've seen this year. So, so yeah, so definitely watching that next couple of days. So, all right, what do you got, Sean? Oh,
2: I got one. Right? Oh, no, no, no.
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, movie movie character like Christmas movie character that you'd most like to hang out with.
0: Mm. That's a quality question. Christmas movie character. So oh i'd probably say so ideally even though we can this is going to open up a can of worms because we'll have the uh that's not a christmas movie debate all day i'd say bruce willis and die hard right so die hard is a christmas movie uh, it is that's yeah. what i say. that's what
2: i say. i think you're golden yeah.
0: yeah but that would be my number one but for those that wanted to argue with me i'd probably say what is it joe pesci and daniel stern those those poor two dudes in home alone oh yeah the, the sticky bandits yeah the sticky bandits hanging out with probably hanging out with them i don't know why so uh, i'd go the villain route i think i tend to go the villain heel route for oftentimes so all right next one for you guys strangest thing in your fridge right now oh man
1: I don't um know.
2: I I have nothing in my fridge that my wife didn't put in there. So like I, and and she's like such a logical, normal person. Like our fridge is, like we have the most boring, like function, like it's like such a boring functional fridge. Like we just have food, a few condiments. Like it's, it's a very functional. Because the
1: rest of the condiments are in his backpack.
2: Yes, correct.
0: (laughs) Um, Wow.
1: Okay. I'm going to say the same as Nick. So right now would be a hard time to answer this question because we always know that we travel for the holidays, So we try to like get ours as empty as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, So probably strangest thing in there right now might be um, at our uh, athletic department Christmas party. I won a six pack of spotted cow uh, that uh, my my wife does. uh, Someone just transferred that
2: down from Wisconsin for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, our, our the the new track coach is from there and was up there visiting home, uh, like the week before, and and brought some down. And uh, we're not when it came time turn for my turn to pick the the present I wanted. That that's what I picked. So
0: good for for Casey. Gotcha. Good deal. All right. So next one, what do you guys got? My question is, um,
1: I, I kind of ask this on our show a little bit sometimes, but if you had a uh, uh, a boxing match or a wrestling match or like a starting lineup, you got your own personal entrance song. What is that song? Mm.
0: <sighs> I don't know, man. I've often thought about this one, right? Like like the go-to, like the only one you would pick forever. I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe like probably... Mm-hmm. I probably I don't know. I'd, I'd like to go for the ultimate warrior entrance and just coming in a hundred miles an hour, maybe just like that. Yeah. Like no no lyrics, just super high bit, ba- just nonstop. I don't know, maybe something like that.
1: That'd okay, be hard okay. to
0: that'd be hard to replicate every day, but hey, maybe so.
1: And, and it right. and it could be any song too. It could be like it doesn't have to be like an actual like walkout song, it's just like if like uh you know what it, if Nyx was like regulators or something. Like I got like I know for a yeah. fact Nyx would be some like old school hip hop song.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah okay all right next one lake or ocean
2: Ooh. Ooh, that's actually tougher than i would have thought i i my my initial gut reaction was to say lake just because it's like you can do more stuff but there's something like just sitting on a beach and like staring off into the horizon and just wondering what's out there i i don't know it makes me feel like like what you're like you're there like you think about like the pirates of the caribbean movies i would say that that one the, like i don't know I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna change my decision. I'm gonna go ocean.
0: Ocean. All right. Sure. Uh I prefer
1: a river over a lake, but ocean is my number one. Um, oceans are my. Uh, that's that's my. Um, I, I don't know the word to use. I just. I really love them. Um, I went. Uh, I went to the Pacific. Is the one that's by California, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I went to the Pacific Ocean. I was, I got in it for the first time last summer. Um, and I just it was like one of the coolest things uh to me. So um I would definitely I'm gonna say the ocean. The ocean is, is where I would rather be at.
0: Sweet. All right, good deal. All right, uh what do you guys got? We got one left after this.
2: I'll go with if you got to travel anywhere in the world tomorrow, you got a 10-day trip, where would you go and what would you do?
0: Ooh, probably between with my family, either Italy or Portugal, probably personal reasons we want to go Portugal. I'm kind of, I'm studying Portuguese right now, learning, learning the language. And, um, so for many reasons, my wife and I were very, we're very big on Portugal, but Italy also very big on Italy. I lived in Italy for two and a half years and I'd like to take my family back to see where, where I lived while I was there as well. So. Love that. Just kind of love that part of uh, of Europe. Yeah. So. All right. I like it. Sweet. Final one. This one's going to make you guys think. So you have to cut one, bench one, and invest in one. All right? So. Cut, bench, invest. Maradona, Pelé, and Messi. All right. You have to cut one, bench one, investing in one. Go.
2: Okay. Cut one. Maradona, Messi, and Pelé.
1: I, I I know who I'm cutting.
2: There's i I'm cutting Pele. Wow. I'm cutting Pele. I'm starting Messi and investing in Maradona and getting him some really good people to keep him away from drugs at all time. <laughs> like have you ever seen that? Like I think it's a Dave Chappelle shit. Shit. Uh, like where he was um skit where he was like paid someone to like slap a burger out of his hand like. Like it's like some people like I it's like I never understand like fat rich people because like you could pay someone to just be there and slap a burger out of your hand. That's yeah, what that's, I would do, I do remember that. I like,
1: know. like remember when uh, on Saturday Night Live the first time the Rock hosted and he was Nick Cottrell and he was the like human cigarette
0: nicotine yeah, yeah. patch. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. he would do the same thing for for cigarettes. Yeah,
2: that's what I would do, with
0: Maradona. All right, Sean. So cut one, bench one, and invest in one.
1: All right, so we are going to invest in. Um, we're going to invest in Pele. Uh, I feel like, imagine what the impact he had on the world and the game in his time. What if you did that on a grander scale that we have in twenty twenty three? Think of all the platforms that we've got that you could really, you know, pump the Pele name out uh, and 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 whatnot. Um, I'm going to bench Maradona um, because I, I still think he's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, can never be duplicated, and I am going to cut Messi. Uh, and, and well, you know, I've always said in, in the Ronaldo-Messi debate, Ronaldo, I, I'm not a I'm not a massive fan of him either. But at least he went to the Premier League and did it. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, um, Messi's I, he's been in leagues that he's been very protected uh and so you know i just want to see what he would be like up against others but again this is an opinion question you can't you guys can't
0: get it's me with that. that. yeah because
1: it's my opinion
0: so it's, a tough, have the yeah, right it's answer. a tough one all right awesome so that's my five you guys got one left what do you got fire away
1: what are you wanting the most for um christmas this year
0: So cheesy, so, but cheesy, but true. Right. So true. I think just uh, a nice, quiet day with the family. Right. Just at home. I think you are just
1: going to say nice, quiet day as well, like, spoken like a true dad. gonna <laughs> yeah. me
0: one quiet day. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But right. But just with the family, just kind of, yeah. you know, yeah, just it sounds so like, yeah, it sounds so like made up trying to go search for the yearbook answer. But it, it's true. I, I'm, OK, I'm well, just, well, let,
1: let me change that question then.
0: Okay. Best Christmas song. Best Christmas. song. See, I don't know if I have a. Fa- I don't know if I have a favorite. I really don't. I mean, there's not one that
1: when it comes on, like you're like, I'm not going to turn it because I actually like this one.
0: I tend to do that a lot with Christmas songs, Christmas girls, <laughs> like whatever comes on. I can tell you the one I'm probably truly sick of though is uh, what is it, Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas"? Oh, dude, worse. Yeah. yeah, that song kills me. Yeah, yeah, that I can tell you. That how about I go that route, right? that <laughs> that one i can tell you it's like yeah that i can ch- i'll change the station if i hear that one so uh but yeah um no good questions i appreciate it first time i've done that the format getting questions asked getting some questions asked back at me so i appreciate you guys nick brother i know you got to run so yeah thank you guys uh, yeah thank you again good appreciate your time. Yes, you with the little one yeah and we'll talk soon good luck good luck on the little one and we'll we'll talk soon
2: all right see you guys
0: all right take care buddy see ya. All right. So Sean, appreciate you, brother as well. Thank you for being here. As and is the case, as is custom, right? What we do is we uh we like to wrap up by giving our guests the opportunity, right? For in stoppage time, kind of final final thoughts, shout-outs, any words, anything you want to talk about as it relates to the game, uh the floor is yours. Oh man, uh, anything that relates to the game. Um, it doesn't have to relate was, to the game, whatever's on yeah, your mind. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you know, just get give a shout out to Nick. Uh, you know, he's, he's doing big things and excited for, uh, for, for baby number two with, with them. Um, man, there's so many people to shout out. Um, Don Crow, Bianca Kyle, um, Keel Kyle, she, I always mess her last name up, uh, Shannon Sitch, um, Ian Wilson, Cliff Jordan, Mike Melton, Becca Borg, um, Jim Watts, um, you know, just so many people that, um, have a, have a daily impact uh, on, on what I do and, and are my, uh, my support system when I need, uh, when I need that little pick me up. But, uh, um, man, and as far as it comes to in the game, all right. Yeah. I, I got something. This has been on my mind for a while. And I've made a couple posts about this for the love of God. When people are designing uniforms for their teams, make the numbers visible, make oh, yeah. the numbers visible. We don't want to show up to a game where you got neon jerseys with A neon, same colored number. I went to a showcase like three weeks ago. The team had red jerseys with red numbers with a lighter shade of red outlining the numbers. Um, I've seen a gray jersey with a like silver uh, number, print number that you couldn't see. Uh, my, My own daughter's team has white kits with lavender numbers. And I, I was watching their their older teams play a couple weeks ago, and like I saw so many coaches pop down, and go, "We can't read their numbers," and then yeah. you know, just kind of like walked away. So um, you know, if somebody wants to wants to make me happy this this holiday season, if you are designing your jerseys and the numbers are not visible now, not like, hey, this is the rendering of what the drawing looks like. No, you need to actually see it. And if your if your players' numbers can't be seen, that that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Get that changed.
0: No, no, yeah. I used to see quite a bit here in Texas. I used to, used to see white on white. <clears throat> always drove me nuts. Yeah. Uh, which which is illegal, at least in the high school game. In according with mm-hmm. NF, NFHS rules, it's illegal. But yet, yeah. So so when sometimes unfortunately, sometimes when officials choose to enforce that and then not enforce that, I guess that's it's always a tricky one, right? It's always a tricky yep. one. Yep. But awesome. Well, uh, Sean. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for making this happen. Continuing the, uh, the holiday edition, right. And uh, wishing you the absolute best in uh, the rest of this year. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas and a great 2024, great convention. And definitely going to be looking forward to your next move. Uh, Who knows? Maybe we have you back here to do a follow-up, right. Follow-up announcement. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Have some, uh, some follow-up breaking news. So we'll see. But uh, uh As for me, final thoughts, uh, pretty simple, pretty this time of year, just be thankful, be grateful, look for your blessings and, you know, spread that you never know in terms of this time of year, someone, you can't always see it, but someone's going through a tough time. Someone's going through a hard time and, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, just making sure that, uh, you're kind of checking up on each other, checking up on, uh, checking up on family teammates in some cases, right? Making sure, um, you know, somebody's maybe having a particular rough, rough period as well. Uh, make sure you're checking up on them. So I want to wish everybody uh, an absolute to Merry Christmas, happy holidays, be safe, uh, smart decisions. Right. And those of you in the Texas high school soccer community, you know, we're right around the corner. The December 28th is the start of start of live games, start of official games. Um, so yeah, uh, make sure you make those count and make sure you stay healthy and safe to start the official season, uh, with your teammates as well. So, and for coaches, same thing, take advantage of this downtime quality time with your, with your family, with your loved ones as well, because it's going to be a very busy, very hectic few months starting in, in, uh, in a few days. So that's going to do it, uh, for our good friends, uh, our good friends uh, are at, at uh, Soccer Chat, right? So both Sean Satterling and Nick Rizzo, grateful for them joining us. Uh, thankful for everybody, for our, our listeners, our supporters. Again, you can find us on on Twitter, X, at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram, at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube. Make sure on YouTube, go on there, subscribe, sign up for the notifications, please subscribe. You can also find us on for the audio podcast. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. If you can, go on there, subscribe as well, follow us, and get, leave us a rating. You, If you leave us a rating, that just increases us on the algorithm just as well as on YouTube. So for all of our listeners, our all our supporters, I should say, for our podcast team, wishing you all happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all of you. Be safe, and we'll see you with our next upcoming episode, which we'll, we'll be announcing soon, very soon. Just waiting a confirmation on that. But until the next time, you know what to do. Keep downloading. And keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore fifty podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.